praise God, praise God for his goodness and his mercies. Uh, God has been faithful to his children in every dispensation. God remains faithful. And this is why we continue to trust him. And I want to greet everyone on this platform this morning. Um, The last time I was with your church, we were face-to-face. Sometime in January 2020. But here we are this morning, not able to see anyone's face, not able to fellowship as we are used to. But that does not stop us from praising Amen. our God. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. God is able to give us a way out of any situation that we are in. That's how faithful our God is. And so I thank you for the privilege this morning to um, share the word with you. Um, This is the end of my vacation time. Um, I'm heading back to Jamaica in the next few days. But I'm happy for this privilege this morning to share God's word with you. And I... I'm going to be speaking to you on a topic that says hope, an anchor for the soul. Hope, an anchor for our soul or for the soul. Our subject text this morning comes to us from Hebrews 6, verses 13 to 20. And our supportive text is 1 Peter 6, verses 1 to 9. I want to read the Hebrew scripture From verse 13, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the hearers of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation, who have fled for refuge, to lay hold of the hopes set before us. And this is the great part. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. We thank God for the scripture this morning. And the Bible is full of scriptures that gives us, a that shows hope as a confident certainty. 
Now, biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it to happen. And it not only expects it to happen, it is confident that it will happen. There's a moral certainty that the good we expect and desire will be done. Praise God. Hope is related to the concept of assurance. Songwriter said, my hope is built on nothing less than on Jesus Christ, who is our rock. And the scriptures, verse 11 of Hebrews says, and we desire that each one of you know, show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. There are several kinds of hope given in the Bible. Romans 8.24 speaks of a saving hope, a hope that brings salvation. In 1 Peter 1 verse 3, it is called a living hope. In Titus 1 verse 2, it is a secure hope. In 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, it is a patient hope. In Colossians 1.27, it is a glorious hope. In Romans 15.13, it is a hope that abounds. In Titus 2, verse 13, it is a blessed hope. In Romans 12, 12, it speaks of a joyful hope. And 1 John 3, verse 3, we find that it is a purifying hope. But in our, sub, in our text this morning, the writer described the believer's hope as an anchor for the soul that is both sure and steadfast. So, Biblical hope does not mean doubtful longing as we do in, 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 in our lifetime where we said, I hope so. Somebody asks you for something or asks you a question. Are you going to church tomorrow? I hope so. It means that we might not get there. It might not happen. But when it comes on to this hope, this biblical hope, there is a certainty that it will happen. And so, as we go through the scriptures today, I want to encourage you, if you are doubting your mind about where you are, where you're standing, or where you're going, I want you to realize today that our hope as believers is grounded in the promises of God. And, 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 and the Hebrew writer says, so when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not, he could swear by no other greater, he swore by himself. Verse 13 to 14, that's the scripture I just read, speak of God's promise to Abraham to bless him and to multiply and to make him great. If the scripture said, surely I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And that promise to Abraham was not fulfilled immediately. It took a while. As we read in the scriptures, this promise was given to Abraham from the very beginning when he met God. And in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 2, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be 
a blessing. Abraham at the time was 75 years old. But can I tell you this morning that age is not a factor when God is in charge of our lives. Get out of your country, Abraham. I want you to go into another place. I have a land that I have selected for you. It took 25 years for Abraham to realize the promises of God. Abraham had been through many things. Um, Abraham had failures. He had sinned before God. But God kept his promise, and mm. Isaac was born. Many of God's promises do not depend on our character, but Amen. on God's faithfulness. Amen. It doesn't matter who we are. Sometimes we fail the very God we praise. But Abraham was no different. Abraham failed in his journey. He sinned a few times. But God remained faithful because Amen. it was not in the character of Abraham. Amen. It was not in who Abraham is or was. It was in God's faithfulness. And this is why we can sing that song all our lives. God has been faithful. It's not us who have been faithful. We have failed God. But God has been faithful. And so as Abraham um, continued in his journey, in spite of his failures, in spite of his sins, God came through. And hear what the scripture says in verse 15 of chapter 6. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained yes. the promise. I want to encourage yes. somebody this morning. Things are hard. Things are tough. We're in times that we have never experienced before. But hear me this morning, brothers and sisters. After he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. You want to obtain the promise? You've got to walk patiently. You've got to Amen. walk in truth. You've got to trust God. And even when you fall, don't get up because God's promises are sure. So certainly, these promises are being fulfilled even in our lifetime. <laughs> and all of us who live by faith, we are children of Abraham, and we will inherit that promise, that blessing that God has promised to Abraham. One thing we discover in the Bible is that God's promises are absolutely trustworthy. Uh, many people have made promises to us in our lifetime, and where have they gone? Nowhere. But God's promises are trustworthy. The day will oh. come when our hope will be fully realized, our Amen. hope in God, our trust in God. The writer is not speaking of a hope that is, you know, you know, something may happen or may not. He's speaking of a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. We who have been saved are now living in the period of hope a hope that is laid up for us in heaven. The Apostle Peter calls it a living hope. He says in 1 Peter 1 verse, 3, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead. When Adam and Eve failed, <coughs> sorry, in the garden, God made a way because his promises must be fulfilled. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross of Calvary. And his death, his death renewed the hope for mankind in Jesus Christ. But how secure is that future? Sorry, the resurrection of Jesus is the absolute cornerstone of our faith. And it is through his resurrection that we have a future to look forward to, a future of grace and peace, a living hope as described by the apostle. A living hope is active and functioning. It is, it acts and works both within our heart and within heaven. Eternal life is a living hope. We don't see it, but we believe. <coughs> and we are expecting that one day we will inherit eternal life. We have every confidence in the scriptures because the scriptures are given by God. But our greater confidence is in God himself. He brought us into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. And guess what? It is being kept in heaven for us, for you, for yeah. every one of us that is here today. This isn't a description of what we enjoy here in the earth, but a description of what lies ahead of us in the future. So today may not look very bright for you. But can I tell somebody on this platform this morning that there is something that is being <coughs> stored up in heaven for you, and it's going to be revealed when the time comes when we receive our final salvation. And that salvation will be complete when we are freed from our present moral and corruptible body. For the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So as the Apostle Paul in Romans 13 tells us, and do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Wake up, brothers and sisters. For now our salvation it's nearer than when we first believed. <clears throat> I don't know how long ago you believed. And pardon me for my bad throat. I don't know how long ago you believed. But hear me, today, the 8th of August 2021, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Our final salvation. When we will be in heaven with our Savior, when he will come back to receive us unto himself. So we look forward. Don't worry about your body being sick and broken. God is storing up in heaven a new body for the saints of God. And it's in that we rejoice this morning, brothers and sisters. That is a glorious hope that we have as believers. We have this expectation of living forever and seeing our Savior face to face. Somebody should rejoice this morning because there is Man. hope in God. Yes. Can I tell somebody this morning 
that God's oath cannot be changed. God doesn't have to swear by anything. He doesn't have to make an oath. But because of us, he made an oath. And hear, hear what the scripture says. Anytime we make an oath in this life, men, we have to swear by something greater than ourselves. But when God made an oath, when he made sure that man would believe that what he says is true, he could find nothing greater than himself. So what did he do? He swore by himself. <coughs> Praise God. Praise God. And so the scripture says the just God determining to show more abundantly to the hearers of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed yep. it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. When we talk about immutable, it means something that is fixed, something that cannot be altered. And this, this immutability essence came from the fact that in the, in the past, people would make a will, right? And they will, they will swore on that, that they, whatever is in this will, <coughs> nobody, nobody could change it besides the person who wrote it. And even when the person is dead, that will cannot be changed, cannot be altered. Whatever is said in that book is, is, is law. So whatever God has said cannot be changed by anybody. It yeah, cannot be it. changed by any virus. It cannot be changed by any pastor. It cannot be changed by any government. It is what God has written. And what he has written is for us to understand that he's a God who cannot lie. God yeah. speaks truth. <laughs> and so this morning, we are thankful that God does not lie to his people. You don't have to be afraid that when God says something to you, God says, I will make it better. You don't have to be afraid that it's not going to be better. You don't have to wonder if it's going to be better. One, one time I spoke and God, and God, um, God said to me, um, or I kept questioning God, I kept saying, God, when, when are you going to do this? And God says, all I want you to do is wait. And I said, God, give me a little hint. But God says, wait. For they that wait upon the Lord... Yeah. shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Holy Spirit, teach us today to be patient and to wait on and, and God, for our hope is in God only, and God's word is true. Brothers and sisters, hold on to your Faith this morning. Yes. Hold on to your God because he will not fail us. Amen. And how do we know that? Because the writer says, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, two immutable things that cannot 
be changed, God's word and God. God will not change it. God's promises will remain true, and he will find a way. <coughs> Even when we are unfaithful, God will find a way to fulfill his word. And so we have an anchor this morning, brothers and sisters. Just like that ship out in that sea, anchored to the rock. It's anchored. It's tied to something. And it doesn't matter the storms and the winds that come. It will not be blown away. That is how we are anchored this morning. That is how our salvation is sure this morning. Because Jesus Christ is the rock on which we build our faith this morning. He is sure. It is steadfast. It is secure. And when, when, when Jesus died on that cross, when that blood flowed from his side, we knew that that anchor was secure. And then when he got up from the grave, yeah. he went up, he ascended into the heavens. Where is he today? He's at the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession for somebody today. The devil is tormenting our souls. <coughs> the devil is bothering us. The devil is trying to suppress us, brothers and sisters. He's trying to prevent us from bringing the gospel to the world. But hear me today. God is going to be true to his word. Jesus Amen. has a timeline. Jesus knows when the release will come. And we look forward to that time when we will be released from the sufferings that are burdening us today. Oh, he has already released us from the violent storms of this world. He has released us from the stress of sin and shame in the world and from the most dangerous enemy, the, the Satan. But God is going to come forth for you today, brothers and sisters. Amen. It doesn't matter how long it takes. He will. Just believe. Just trust him. And because of that, because of that certainty that we have, and I want you to be sure, brothers and sisters, I want you to be sure today that not one of God's word, not one jot or tittle of God's word will go unfulfilled. God's word will be fulfilled. It will not return to him empty, but it will accomplish that which he purposed. And so today, I want the rejoicing to begin. You might have been sad. It's been a year plus, almost going on. Um, a year and a half since we have been, um, or our lives have been, have been upstanded and our life has been changed and, and everything about how we live is different. And we have no idea whether we go back to things as they were. We have no idea what will, what's going to happen when, when this pandemic goes because I, I, I don't want to frighten you this morning. But can I say to us this morning, this is just the beginning Things yes. are going to get worse. Sure do. We need to know where our hope is. <clears throat> and somebody might not have been able to go to work for a long time, but your, your hope is not in your job. Some, we have Amen. not been able 
oh, we are a little better than you in Jamaica. We have been to church in our mass, but some of you have not been for different reasons. But hear me today, our hope is not in going to church. Our hope is not in the four walls. Our hope is not in church. Our hope is in God. God. In him we put our trust this morning. I want to close with the Apostle Peter. In this, he says, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. We can say amen to that. that amen. But the genuineness of our faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, haven't we been tested, brothers and sisters, may be found to the praise, the honor, and the glory of the revelation of Jesus Christ, who having not, we have not seen, but yet we love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible, <coughs> and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. I want you to keep in mind that although you can't see Jesus, we can't even see each other much these days. You can't see Jesus. You have never seen him face to face. No. But you believe. Yet you believe. Amen. Amen. You believe the word. You believe the word that has been handed down throughout generations. And the Apostle Peter says, rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice. Give glory to God. You have not been able to do the things that you're used to doing. He's still saying to you, your hope is not in those things. Your hope is in God. So because you know where your hope lies and that hope cannot be broken, nobody can take that away from you. No lockdown can take away your faith, brothers and sisters, because your faith, your hope, your trust, is in God. So, we are not rejoicing over our circumstances. We are not re rejoicing that we are not well. We are not rejoicing that this body is, is wasting away. But we can rejoice by centering our hearts and mind on Jesus Christ. Each experience of trial helps us learn something new and wonderful about our Savior. I don't know what you have learned during these times, but I trust that you have learned something that has helped to anchor your faith, that has helped to strengthen your resolve. Abraham discovered new truths about the Lord on the mount when he went to offer his son Isaac, his only son. The three Hebrew boys, they discovered God's nearness when they went through the fiery furnace and Paul learned <coughs> the sufficiency <coughs> of his grace when he suffered with a thorn in the flesh. Paul says, uh, my grace, his grace is sufficient for him. Do you know that this morning, this joy that you have produces unspeakable and it is full of glory. This joy is so deep and so wonderful that we cannot even express it. Words fail us to talk about the goodness of Jesus. 
But Peter, who had seen some of the glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus discussed with, with, with Moses and Elijah his own impending suffering, Peter says, rejoice. In this, you rejoice. The apostles of old went through many trials, many beatings, many killings, many murders, some of them. Oh, but today, brothers and sisters, they, their words encourage us to rejoice in the hope that we have. We are living in perilous times, difficult times. And sometimes like the storms of life, it can take us under and smash us to pieces on the rocky shore. But our hope is in the promised land of heaven, in that which actually carries us into heaven. So our hope in Christ and the glorious promises of eternal life will one day usher us in God's presence. So, brothers and sisters, in this, in this time, in this period of life, we don't look on our circumstances. We don't center our heart on what is going on. We look to the heavens from whence cometh our help. So I bless God's people today, and I trust that the word of God will give you a little more stability in your faith and in your walk with Christ. Hear what the songwriter says. In times like these, we need a Savior. In times like these, these we need an anchor. But be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. And the writer said, this rock is Jesus. He's the only one. Yes. So be very sure, brothers and sisters, be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. God bless you. God bless you.